Hello, NetSuite podcast listeners, and Happy New Year. I'm your host, Kendall Fisher, and I, as well as everyone from NetSuite, is hoping 2020 has kicked off on a wonderful note for each and every one of you. Now, a lot of us are talking about resolutions right now, and one of my resolutions is to get more involved with nonprofits, and especially nonprofits that have a mission I'm deeply passionate about. On this episode, we're featuring a NetSuite customer who embodies just that, MANA Nutrition. This organization aims to draw attention to, alleviate, and eradicate severe acute malnutrition, or SAM, a life-threatening condition which affects nearly 20 million children around the world between the ages of six months and five years old. In fact, nearly 35% of deaths among children under five is caused directly or indirectly by SAM. Chatting with CFO Chris Whitfield, we dive into how MANA has helped save 3 million children's lives through its production of ready-to-use therapeutic food, or RUTF, a proven solution for children suffering from SAM. We also find out how NetSuite has helped MANA fuel its mission, reducing production costs for RUTF, and therefore serving more children. All of that coming up next. You're listening to the NetSuite Podcast where we discuss what's happening within NetSuite, why we're doing it, and where we're heading in the future. We'll dive into the details about the software and the people at NetSuite who are behind all the moving parts. We'll also feature customer growth stories, discussing the ups and downs of running a company and how one integrated system can help your business continue to scale. Before we get into this NetSuite podcast episode with Chris Whitfield from Mana Nutrition, we want to thank our sponsors over at Hint. If you don't know about Hint yet, their brand is all about making the everyday more enjoyable. It started when Kara Golden, Hint's founder, needed a way to drink more water but wanted flavor without all those extra sugars and sweeteners that come in most drinks. So she created Hint Water. It has just a hint of flavor from real fruit essences without any of those added sugars or sweeteners. Everyone at the NetSuite office is a huge fan of Hint Waters, but we want you to go ahead and try them out for yourself. Go to Hint co slash welcome to get 30% off your first purchase right now. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the NetSuite podcast at Sweet World 19. So if our listeners hear some of that noise behind us, that's why. Right. <laughs> Glad to be here. Yeah, Great it's, to been, be here. it's been a fun couple of days, huh? Busy couple of days. Busy couple. Very busy. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, come and hang with us here. Um, Now, to get started here, we need to take a bit of a dive into Mana Nutrition. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the organization? I don't think you can do just a little bit, but can you tell can you tell them about the organization? Sure. Um, Well, Mana Nutrition is a not-for-profit organization headquartered in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're actually um, a not-for-profit, and our mission is around the production of ready-to-use therapeutic food, and uh, you might hear me call it RUTF. Okay. And uh, it's a it's a food-based therapy for the treatment of severe acute malnutrition. The organization was formed. It's really the brainchild of our CEO and COO, Mark Moore and David Todd Harmon. And in 2009, they they were inspired by things they saw and. And, um, and took action and, and began to put the company together. And we've been running and operating since uh, 2009. Wow. So what is your mission? Like if you could say it in a couple sentences. Our mission is very simple, save kids. Wow. Save kids. And your mission is 
the backbone of your organization. It is. You don't. I, I've read a lot. You know, obviously on your website, it's it's all about. It's not them. It's not them. It's save us. Save yes. because they're part of us, right? That's right. Can you speak to that a little bit? Well, for us, we Mark Moore, our CEO, actually has had spent quite a few years in Africa himself, working in, as a community development. Uh, resource okay and you know along the way he, he really developed this concept of village so when we talk about us we're talking about the man of village when we talk about things that we take that happen to us it doesn't happen because of somebody it happens because of us and right. so we really look to to take responsibility and ownership of, of things we deal with day to day and of the mission we have which is again to to provide as much of the needed therapy just to save kids lives as we can well that's quite the mission to undertake for sure um so you mentioned mark he was doing some community service in africa community development community work. development mm -hmm. got it okay and so what from that sparked this idea for man and nutrition like how does man and nutrition come out of that well he uh when he came back to the u.s he he actually returned to washington and finished out his uh his master's and, and began working on the Hill as a, as a staff resource. And, and of course, he became sort of the, the, the de facto African expert. Yeah. And along the way, he got associated with senators and other, other folks who were really interested in this issue of, of malnutrition and starvation around the world. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then he, he uh, stumbled across this uh, 60 Minutes tape that uh, Cooper Anderson did. And I'd encourage anybody to YouTube Cooper Anderson and, and uh, just Cooper Anderson and RUTF, and they'll find it. And he did this article probably in 2008, and um, it really inspired Mark. And he said, you know, this is something that, that I think we can do and have an impact on. And so he, from that spark, he, he really went on a mission to, to try to come up, uh, to, to become a player mm -hmm. in, in the marketplace for, for treatment of severe acute malnutrition. Were other organizations already doing that? Well, there was one prominent organization, and that was also a big part of his decision, is yeah. that it was driven, that, that this need was being fulfilled by, by really just a single organization, a French company, this, a, a food, uh, food services company out of France, and, and they were the only player in the market at that time. Wow. And he just felt like, you know, we needed to really think about how do we keep the market as efficient and honest as possible, and how do we, how do we make sure that we get as much of that food out there as we can, given sort of the fixed budgets that the, the organizations that, that um, really run these, these programs yeah. um, have. Um, and our, these organizations, are, our primary customers are UNICEF and, and USAID. Okay, got and, it. And, uh, so they, and they operate, generally their, their budget hasn't changed that much in the last 10 years. It's gone up a little bit, but, uh, you know, um, we spend about 200 million to 250 million a year on, on the treatment of severe acute malnutrition, you know, around the globe. About 200 of that's from UNICEF, and the other 50 is from NGOs. So, okay. so that it certainly has an impact. It's very positive, but it, it's it's far short of what's really needed to to see that happen. I don't want to um, dwell too much, but I'll quote Mark. He says, you know, in the U.S., we spend every year we spend about 1.5 billion dollars on pet costumes oh my gosh so he likes to, to yeah. think of it as you know let's uh let's be a voice that that helps people think about you know priorities and things like that and yeah. what what things can we do not just to increase the quantity that can be delivered under that fixed budget but also are there ways that we can increase 
the, the dollars available to right. for the for these programs. I mean, with only one other company doing this, that's quite the undertaking. Well, there is a, another organization in the U.S. that's very actually very similar to MAN. And okay. So there is we're beginning to see that, and and I think a big part of that is just the efforts of USAID. So our um, USAID is an agency of. Um, of Food for Peace, which is again an agency of USDA. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I will say that, that here in the U.S., our, our government has really stepped up and is really actively engaged in trying to do something about this. And, and they've really inc- expanded the marketplace in terms of suppliers. Yeah. Do you work with the other organizations that are popping up to try to make this happen, or how does that Primarily go? through, um, just through the uh, common connections of USDA, really. Okay. But not, we don't have trade organizations okay, got it. ourselves. Now, how many children die every day from severe ac- acute maltrition? This might be a stat that not a lot of people are aware of, to, for starters. Every year, there are at least three million children that that could be saved that do die from severe acute malnutrition. So that's, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of of what would that be, ten thousand a day, roughly, or something. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. I read some like something like every ten six seconds, like a child right. could. Yeah. That's wow. right. Wow. Um, that's you know, how does that drive? you guys in your company how does that drive you guys to try to be better and to try to you know learn you know whether it's from your your back end systems and processes to how you're delivering to you know how does that drive the company internally well you know as we take as we think about our mission it is it is really to take and increase the amount of of food that can go out there and that's a, it's a pretty simple math problem it is there's this much this many dollars available for the for programs to treat severe acute malnutrition and and if if a unit of, of the treatment costs sixty dollars then you can treat however many kids that is right if the if the treatment costs thirty five dollars then you can you can treat just forty percent more and in fact you know one of the things that I like to, to note is that when I became involved with MANA in 2012, the cost of that of a of a unit of of um, RUTF was about $60 a case. Today, it runs more like 30 $38 a case. Oh my gosh! So it's a pretty significant um, impact. Yeah, yeah. Um, going to into RUTF a little bit. What this might be a lot to explain, and you can give it very briefly. Um, you know, very surface level, but what is the process like in figuring out the right nutri- nutrients for the um, for the RUTF for the ready to use therapeutic food? Because that's just something that when I was reading about, it, I was like, how did they figure that out? Like, where did that come from? Actually, it came from a a scientist, uh, probably 20 years ago, who who realized in, that um, you know the current treatments for for severe acute malnutrition really just weren't as effective as they could be. As he worked through the formulation, he developed this, this peanut butter based um, product, a formula that had peanut butter as, as the, the foundational product with, uh, with uh, dried milk added and vitamin supplements added and that, that um, addressed several specific needs, nutrient needs that severe, that starving children had. Got it. And, and he, he knew the nutrients yeah. in peanut butter in the in the milk and in the and vitamins. So he would. then he then began to work with UNICEF exactly. And he worked with UNICEF and and they really developed this spec yeah. specification around ready to use therapeutic food. So for us, you know, our job isn't to really um, drive the 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 formulation of, right. of the okay. food. It's really it's really to understand the specifications and to participate with the with UNICEF and USAID as they continue to sort of evolve that recipe. 
Um, I, I want to talk about the specifications that MANA is, you know, is, is part of. But before that, um, was cost a factor into any of this? You know, coming talking to a CFO, I just am curious if when you think about the when you're, you know, kind of balancing between we need to get these nutrients to these kids, but we also need to do it in a cost efficient manner. Was the was that kind of the two balancing factors? Well, I think the that was part of the original design and the formulation because as a, as a as a base product, peanuts are, are really a fairly inexpensive. They're they're not as inexpensive as corn, mm-hmm. but they but their nutritional value is, is much is more which, substantial. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so, if you think about the ingredients that go into it, I, I, I failed to mention sugar is also a, a, a significant ingredient in yeah. the in the product. Yeah. So you know it's really designed around this idea that you've got kids that are on the brink of death, and um, with this product, there's enough sugar content to give an immediate, it's like an immediate boost in, in metabolism and energy. Wow. And, and also that energy is needed to really help them effectively um, uh, take on and, and use the proteins, that are, the longer run proteins that are in, found in the peanut butter and in the milk wow. products. And then and on top of that are, are uh, vitamins and other minerals that are added yeah. for things like just brain health and, yeah. and, um, and bone health and that sort of stuff. How many packets or pounds of RUTF do you manufacture every day? Well, roughly? well, every day we produce about about a half million meals. Wow! And a, and a treatment, um, and so that that translates into roughly ninety thousand pounds wow. of of, wow. um, of food product. Now, do you know off the top of your head around how many kids that's feeding over time? I do. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I do, in fact. You're a math person, so I'm like, right. he, he probably well, already has this figured out. <laughs> well, first, the uh, it's it's around, uh, as I said, about a half million pounds, a half million mils a day. Yeah. And uh, a treatment regimen for a child that really takes a, a child that's days away from death um, and on a six-week regimen of three mils a day uh, has a 96% success fact rate wow. in, in saving kids' lives. Wow. And so that, that translates into roughly about 4,000 kids, children a day. Oh my that are gosh. That's an, yeah, and that's gonna, just from us. I wow. mean, there are other, you know, you, you take that, you, you take it to the larger marketplace. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of positive impact. You know, the, for us, the, the, the thing that really drives us is one is to continue to be a force within that marketplace, but, but there's still so many that are being left behind in this right. process. Right. And so, you know, we really hope we can do more to expand the market. That is a lot. That's a lot. To, first of all, that's a lot to be producing, and you guys are already doing. Yeah, expansion's great, but you guys are are doing a lot. So you know, kudos to you guys on Thank that. You. Thank um, you. Can you tell us a little bit? Like you mentioned, you guys aren't really part of the formulation process, but more f- so focus on the specifications. Mm-hmm. Can you dive into that now a little bit um, and how that impacts your business? Oh, it, uh, I'd be glad to. And it does impact our business. We are. As I said, our primary customers are UNICEF and USAID, and they have some very specific um, specifications around the product itself. Yeah. They also are, are you know, pretty, um, what would be the word, um, specific are, are, you know, specific in what their expectations are for us from a quality control point of view yeah. and, and from a, any other number of factors. Uh, we're subject every year to a pretty intense audit. Matter of fact, um, we're going through that audit this week, as, oh. and so my colleagues are back in my in, gosh. Uh, South Central Georgia, uh, you know, going through that process with uh, auditors from the from USAID and yeah. from UNICEF. Yeah. So they, um, so it really puts a, a pretty heavy requirement on us to to really be buttoned down in how we do things, how we manage our production process, how we manage our quality control process, yeah. um, and and just 
just how we comply with with standards and documentation requirements, for example. Yeah, what are some of the regulations that I would assume UNICEF and USAID, you know, implement? Well, uh, obviously they they have a lot. uh, We do a lot of testing of our product as it comes out. Um, So we, uh, as product comes, as raw materials come into us, we have to confirm that they comply with with the requirements and they have a. Uh, you know, the, the appropriate certifications that go along with that. Um, we do some sample testing of the product that comes into us, whether it's the peanuts or the, um, or the dried milk products or the uh, sugar or um, the vitamins, and vitamins especially. Um, so, so we have certain uh, requirements that, uh, and processes we have in place to, to monitor that, to test that. And then on the other side of it, once we go through the production process, there's a lot of testing that goes on with our finished product. The, um, the other thing that um, actually is very important to them is our ability to take um, a packet that may be in South Sudan, look at an um, encoding on that packet, and, and for us to be able to trace that packet back all the way to where the, where the uh, sugar came from yeah. or where the milk came from or where the peanuts came from. So there's this, uh, this um, traceability requirement that we have that's really important in the process. How- with all of this, not just that, not just the traceability of the product, but with all of it, all of the different, you know, regulations, data points, materials, inventory, you know, production shipments, all of it. What processes are in place to allow you guys to? Tra- That's a lot. Well, there, it is a lot, um, but um, we actually you we we run on on the Netsuite platform and for as our ERP system, and we use it from really from top to bottom for financial management, for you know your your basic accounting processes, but we also use it for inventory management for for manufacturing control and as well as we've uh, either custom built or implemented additional uh, components around the uh, around quality controls to okay. go along with the manufacturing process so so we really um, rely pretty substantially on NetSuite as our ERP system to help us accomplish most of these requirements. So I want to go back then. When did you guys originally start looking um, to NetSuite as an ERP solution? Well, it, it predates me. Okay, um, so it predates 2012. It does, and, and they looked at, they actually um, implemented NetSuite in 2011. Okay. Um, prior to that, they, you know, it was a fairly young company, so that was really their first foray into a, a significant um, ERP type system. Prior yeah. to that, it was uh, QuickBooks and spreadsheets. Of course, of course. And um, as they were starting up, so are you privy to some of the challenges that came with QuickBooks I, and I'm spreadsheets? V- um, I'm very privy to, to the benefits of Netsuite. Probably uh-huh. less privy to the challenges, but, yeah. but it's pretty easy to imagine. Yeah, of course, those human kinds error of challenges. and every, especially yeah, sure. with what, yeah, the amount that yeah. you guys are producing. That's insane. Um, yeah, but the you know for us the uh, they. I, I, I was not involved in the decision or the implementation for NetSuite, but having stepped in and having to take that as a part of my responsibility, I was really that was a, for me a blessing in, in many respects yeah. because it was it was in place and the implementation is. I, I tell people this every day, but um, I wish I had been a part of the team so I could say I had a great successful ERP implementation because <laughs> they're kind of hard to come by. Yeah, really. Do, do, um, do you know was it a good implementation it process? Was, it's wonderful. Yeah, great. The, the the implementation, the system I stepped into, which was probably six months after it was implemented, uh, I, I, I tell people it's the best implementation I've ever seen of a, wow. of a true manufacturing ERP system. Wow. They did a fantastic job. Uh, uh, a fellow, Troy Hickerson, was our chief technology officer at the time. He sort of led a group uh, of um, NetSuite and NetSuite partners in the implementation process, and they really did a, a great job. I mean, yeah, we, we've continued to improve it over the years, and I'm, I'm a little bit of a sort of a 
manufacturing uh, geek as well yeah. as an accounting geek, so I'm really into this idea of cost accounting and process control and that sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, so we've continued to uh, to to evolve the product and and add things to it, and, and it's certainly and it itself has has certainly changed in uh, the what is it seven years we've yeah. been I've been involved with it so significantly improved over the product it right. was even even seven years ago now what is the importance of a, a great implementation like that for mana for a company like mana that's <laughs> doing the things that you guys are doing an organization like mana well you know it is a pretty significant investment as you're just starting up an organization yeah I will say that we were we were pretty fortunate with with in the selection of NetSuite because we did they were very they've they have a great um, program around uh, you know support for not-for-profits yeah. and and for, for organizations like ourselves so I think the the cost was very reasonable for us at the time but but you know if you, if you don't have a good a good implementation you may have a free it may be free to implement it but it'll be very costly to try to fix it or correct it or maintain it going forward so right. it's, it's critically important um, and uh, to, to do it right on the front end in my opinion that's always been uh, something I've, I've found to be true Want to help save the planet? Here's an idea. Go nude. Unfortunately, not wearing clothes isn't realistic for most of us. But buying sustainable clothing is. Here's Gordon Seabury, CEO of Toad Co. Few know that garment production can generate tremendous pollution. So that's why we're hellbent on offering cleaner, sustainably made clothing that's stylish and long-lasting. But that's only half the battle at Toad Co. When it comes to hitting our business goals, we've learned to focus on what we're good at and seek partners for other areas of expertise. So when it came to ensuring a consistent customer experience across all sales channels and knowing what was going on with all aspects of our business, we chose NetSuite by Oracle. They know business systems. We know eco-friendly clothes. A perfect match. From accounting and finance to commerce and human resources, NetSuite is the number one business system to help you simply manage your business. Right now, go to netsuite.com toad to get your free guide, Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth. That's netsuite.com toad for your free guide. And to hear Gordon bear all on Toad & Co's Growth Story. So you are actually, Mana Nutrition is one of our grantees of our sweet donation is what we yes. call it. Um, can you speak to that? You kind of touched on it, but can you speak to that just a little bit more from a nonprofit side of things? Well, when we originally implemented, we were we were a, um, a recipient of a donation in that. And, and actually, we continue to... Um, uh, you know, we, we're we're a, a paying subscriber now to the product, right. but we still receive it at a pretty a pretty substantial discount yeah. uh, as a not for profit, and um, and we found that that actually you know we we've, we've developed relationships at Netsuite, so we have sort of a network here, and it's yeah. a, a network that's, that's very helpful and very giving. We've uh, you know we've done stuff like um you know I've, I'll have the opportunity to speak uh, later today at a session, and we did we were. Uh, the um, one of the two entrants in the, the hackathon this year, which yeah. if, you, if you know what that is, it's a great um, a, a great exercise that they go through. Can great, you can you tell our listeners a little bit about the hackathon since you were involved in it? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Um, we uh, it was it was pretty interesting. We we had a conversation with some of the folks we know at NetSuite, and they said, "Hey, you know, we're having a hackathon. If you have an interest, give us some ideas of what you think would be a good challenge for a bunch of." Of developers and project managers and coders and that sort of thing, and uh, so we we submitted two or three ideas, and it just so happened that there was a, a challenge that we had as an organization that translated in, into the challenge for this hackathon, and it was around um, this idea of process control within a Six Sigma environment, 
Um, so I, I don't want to go in. I don't want to get too deep into yeah, what no. Six Sigma is. Yeah. But uh, if anybody's interested, call me. I'll tell you what how yeah. we're doing that. Uh, that's that's more geeky than uh, than ERP. That <laughs> yeah, <way. laughs> right. Yeah. So so you came in and they kind of they walked you through it a little bit. Well, we um, we submitted the idea to the the t- the uh, the team at um, Netsuite. Um, this idea of a challenge that said we need to implement certain process control procedures within our production process. And it's really around, again, continued compliance with some, some growing requirements from our customers at UNICEF and USAID. Um, and, it's, and it's around this concept of, of continuous process improvement. Right. But it's, it's a, and it's data collection, it's data analysis, so it's a perfect situation that, that calls for a solution like NetSuite. And so we were working on it, and we had a, a, a sort of a, a mock-up of it, but it wasn't within NetSuite because we just our organization doesn't have a whole lot of NetSuite experts right. in it. So, so we presented it to them, and on Monday, um, eight teams competed. Were given this challenge of creating this um, data collection and data and data analytics and and uh, um, a reporting system around what we call uh, continuous process improvement. Um, so eight teams competed. We, uh, it was really a fun process, and in, in one day, in one day they, um, they hear the challenge, they decide which team they want to be on, they break up into teams, and at 10 o'clock they're designing, and at, at noon they're coding. Wow. And at 6 o'clock they're presenting. And how did it go? It went great. Um, you know, we, we had, uh, the, way the, the way it was set up, we went through a process of judging the eight entrants in our, for our challenge, uh-huh. narrowed it down to two, had a, a, a final four. Oh my gosh. Um, with us and the other um, challenge entrant, uh-huh. um, which uh, shout outs to Art in Action, uh, yeah. which was the other entrant. They, they uh, were a great, a great bunch of folks as well. Yeah. And um, then they all kind of got together, had a, a second presentation, and the judges chose the, uh, the final winners for our challenge and for Art in Action's challenge. Oh, that's awesome. What a cool experience. It was great. And, and the takeaway is we, we, have a, we have the basis for a solution that we will implement. And, and uh, you know, we'll probably engage with these folks. And I think uh, met some really great people who can help us you know, and, and seem very interested in our mission. So yeah. it continues to expand our network. Yeah. You, you're, I'm sure you're excited to get back and get that going. Absolutely. Um, very much. You know, you've touched on it here a little bit just in telling that story and in telling some, saying some of the stuff, you know, from like the sweet donation side of things. But a lot of times when we're talking to, you know, a company rather than a nonprofit, you know, we get into the whole business processes and business, business management and ERP. I always want to ask what about the person-to-person side of things, especially for a nonprofit? You know, you can't just choose to work with an organization that you're partnering. I mean, you're, when you're when you have an ERP solution, you're partnering with this mm-hmm. with this organization. Um, what is it about Netsuite that you think works really well with Mana, and why why trust Netsuite? Well, I, I'll talk first just generally about the the um, sort of the, the trend on a, on a macro level as far as technology goes. I think for us coming in when we chose NetSuite back in 2011 um, and, uh, and and implemented it, you know, one of the real criteria was it had to be a cloud-based solution. Okay. And, and I'll tell you, in 2011, there weren't too many to choose from that were full and robust like yeah. that. And, 
and NetSuite really was the, the only real significant player for a manufacturer at that time. And I think they still are today, by and large. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was an important criteria for us in, in, in our selection process. The other was, you know, the organization's commitment to the, the things that are important to us, the, the idea of, of um, you know, doing, uh, doing good things yeah. and, and, and having an impact on the world above and beyond just what you yeah. do as a, as a commercial organization. And they had that right, right from the get-go. Yeah, our, our CEO, our CEO, our founder, Evan Goldberg, his, his motto really is doing good better. Like that's what we live by, you know, through social impact. So, very social impact. That was the word I was yeah, um, trying looking to think. for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Social impact. Social impact. Right, right. Um, so, kind of into the nitty gritty a bit. Um, what components of Netsuite does Mana use? Well, we use we use, um, of course, the the core the core modules of, of uh, accounting, general ledger, accounts payable, accounts receivable. Um, we use advanced financials and. Um, and actually, I should mention it when I talk about advanced financials. My whole topic today is around um, applying what I would call a little bit more sophisticated not for uh, for-profit principles to not-for-profit operations, and a lot of that is around what we can do with NetSuite. Yeah, can you um, talk about a little bit of, about that? I mean, what are some? Let's just say, what is like the, one of the top principles you always have to say? Well, uh, as I'm in in this particular particular session that I'm doing, um, as I think about the accounting side of things, it's just really how you measure things. And, and uh, we really are a manufacturer more than we are a not-for-profit. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, what makes us not-for-profit is the mission. Right. How we need to perform and how we need to, to um, what our results need to look like yeah. are, are much more like a for-profit. I mean, we don't generate tons of profit, but we do need to be uh, you know, financially strong. Right. Um, we do have inventory. We do need to reinvest in capital, mm -hmm. in capital uh, at a at a regular rate. And um, yeah, we don't have investors that that invest for us. So we really have to do it on our own on our own financial abilities. Mm -hmm. um, we don't fundraise a lot. Uh -huh. We do fund we do fundraise, but not a lot. Yeah. And so um, it's important that we really have a, you know the foundations of. of strong financial performance and financial management. Right. Um, and so we'll talk a lot about how we do that in our business and how that can really be used by a lot of any not-for-profit to kind of think of themselves as, think of who your investors are and who you're, who you're, who you're um, who you're reinvesting your dividends in? Right. Um, yeah, you know, we don't pay dividends to shareholders. We pay dividends to uh, to the kids that we that we uh, treat. Yeah. And so that's what the the, the discussion's all that's, about. That's amazing. You're staying true to your mission. <laughs> and uh, so, but but you know, a big part of that is our ability to to manage ourselves and manage our production costs, manage control inventory, control um, con just control spending. Right. Um, in a way that um, any business would do. Yeah. And NetSuite really is a key part of that for us, yeah. for sure. Having the visibility yeah. and control into all of that so, is incredible. So advanced important. financials is a big part of it. Um, you know, the uh, we also are, um, we have the uh, manufacturing component installed. We have advanced inventory as a major component. We are, we're actually looking now, they have advanced manufacturing as mm. a, uh, and so we're looking at that as a possibility to to take and, and deepen our use of NetSuite for quality control uh, purposes. Yeah, I was going to say, how how do you utilize NetSuite to overcome the challenges of following the strict regu regulations and manufacturing specifications you had mentioned earlier? Well, yeah, I mentioned the hackathon. Right. That's, that's actually directly associated, associated with that, yeah. a result of that. So we're, we really look to take that, um, that program, that effort, 
and uh, and use it as a as a uh, component of NetSuite that's a customized component, but built off the NetSuite platform and integrated in with the manufacturing uh, process yeah. that we use NetSuite for today. Um, and then also, we've we've ourselves built our own custom uh, components, custom record types, custom processes around uh, quality control. And With, that's within NetSuite? Within NetSuite. So those are the customizable yeah. modules that you were mentioning before? Correct. Got and it. then, then um, on top of that, we, you know, with advanced inventory, this traceability issue uh, matter that I talked about yeah. is really all, all about being able to take a lot in a finished product and tracing it to a lot on a raw material. And right. that's all done within the advanced inventory um, Incredible. process in NetSuite. I mean, so after hearing all of that, this is probably everybody probably already knows this, but can you just let us know how NetSuite has allowed MANA to operate more efficiently? I mean, what would you guys look like without NetSuite? One way it's been important to us, first of all, is, is in communication with our board of directors. I mean, our uh, this other idea around this uh, who we are and how we function, I have a board of directors and, and none of them are not-for-profit experts. They're all business, I mean, you know, high-level business experts. And, yeah. Um, you know, if I go to them with a uh, you know, with a, um, a not-for-profit statement of changes in net uh, or changes in net assets, that's not going to resonate with no. them. They want to know what is your net income, what does yeah. your balance sheet look like, and um, so using NetSuite for just for reporting and the ability to do it the way the to report to them the way that they want to see it has been significantly important. And so I don't know that you know it's been you know to keep our board of directors. Um, engaged and and involved with the business, it's been critically important just from a, a reporting point of view. Yeah. And and what that means is, you know, in terms of, of value to us, you know, it's kind of like the I guess the Visa card commercial is probably priceless in, yeah. in that oh, regard. Yeah. yeah definitely. Um, so I think it, it certainly has improved our ability um, to communicate in terms of financial communications and and operational communications back to the board. Yeah. Um, it's been very very important. It's just in terms of our ability to manage cash and to to and and for us that's a pretty big deal because we you know our inventory you may not, our inventory goes from you know from 10 days of inventory on hand up to 120 days it's just that's the wow. nature of the business we're in so our ability to manage that effectively um, from a working capital point of view has been has been very important so and 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 the impact that has on cash flow has been significant so you know we really rely on NetSuite as an integral part of our cash cash management cash forecast system as well and now without fundraising and with you know trying to maintain you know keep your financials at that you know pretty low relatively low without well, let me let me make, yeah, make, say yeah. one comment about fundraising yeah we, we uh while fundraising isn't our primary source you we still do, do fundraise okay. but but it is worth saying that when we fundraise the purpose of fundraising is to is to um, create uh, to provide funding to resources that need our product so 100 percent of the the monies we we fundraise actually just go to supply product to other uh, non-governmental organizations that are out out in the field treating severe acute malnutrition. Right. So my, what, my my question comes from that is though, how do you how does NetSuite allow you to ma- allow you to maintain headcount without how you know without oh. spending a good percentage of that <laughs> <laughs> of the money that you do fundraise for into? Well, you know we're um, we're. Uh, a growing but still a, a fairly small organization. I mean, we, um, you know, one of the things that we've been able to do with NetSuite is our, our growth as a company, as an organization, we're, we're running at about a 35% compound annual growth rate since okay. 2012 okay. or to, 2013. Got it. Um, even more if you go back to 2012. Yeah. So it certainly supported us in that growth. 
but in the in that time of growth, um, you know, the the finance function and even management functions that we have out in the field. I mean, we we really haven't added much headcount. And I've got a I've got a staff literally of of three people in Charlotte and a couple people in, wow. in our plant that that really run NetSuite. Um, yeah. And Charlotte runs the finance side. Uh, Fitzgerald Georgia runs the operational side. And so we're we haven't added one person to do that. Wow. And, um, and um, and it's really helped, you know, in in terms of not adding a person. I've got a, a, a fairly young uh, accounting manager. She came on board right out of college. You know, she's on a path. I think that um, as she continues to grow and learn, she she's. I think being on the NetSuite, pro- uh, being with this organization on the NetSuite product, she's she's growing into becoming a, a real powerful uh, accounting manager. In a nonprofit, you want most of that money Mm -hmm. going towards your mission so it allows you to you know keep the accounting you know teams down a little bit while focusing and maybe you're adding other head you know headcount in other parts of the department that you need to focus on your mission right so um from that what would you tell another nonprofit organization who is considering netsuite well um you know i I think first and foremost uh from a, a a feature function set um, you know, my experience with NetSuite, and I've had experience with a lot of ERP systems over the years. Um, you know, it is as, um, as good a feature function set as you're going to find out there. Um, I think also um, for any not-for-profit, especially of whatever size, the ability to move away from having to maintain a, 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 a complex infrastructure, technology infrastructure, and be on the cloud mm-hmm. is, is a huge gain. I mean, uh, I imagine that if I were sitting here running on a on a on another client local based system, you know, I'd have to have two or three technology folks to do what I don't have to do right now with NetSuite. Right, right. Um, so, so that's a, an important consideration as you're thinking about growing and you need something more than just a simple zero or QuickBooks. You need a, a, a system that can help you manage your, your organization effectively and communicate to your board and your constituents more effectively. Um, you know, think about cloud-based products. I think you, you'll be shocked how, how, um, how well they work now, how, and, and, and in my opinion, in 10 years, that'll, that'll be all there is. Yeah, exactly. Um, but today there is, the, you know, there are a, a couple of others, but NetSuite is the, you know, it's the uh, trailblazer as far as cloud-based solutions go. And, and, and for me, it's uh, um, the, the support as far as their focus on, on the um, on, um, nonprofits is, is important. It's substantial. And it's, not, and it's not just marketing material. I no. think they have an organization behind it that is, is as committed to the mission as I am committed to the MANA mission. Oh, yeah. It's at the core. It's at yeah, the core of NetSuite. Absolutely. It starts with our founder, Evan, and he's very involved in many, yeah. many nonprofits. And, um, and you I would, know. I'd even say, too, as I've gone around and I've talked to a few of the uh, the vendors that are out on the floor, um, you know, I've talked about what I've, my challenges are in financial management, whether it's budgeting or whatever. And interesting enough, I think there's a draft that NetSuite creates because they're saying, "Oh yeah, I can do this for you." And with your not-for-profit, you know, we're we're in, we're as um, committed to helping not-for-profits as NetSuite is, and so yes. it really makes it um, possible for me to think about things I couldn't really afford otherwise. Yeah, that's um, awesome. I so. love hearing that. What can we look forward to for Man and Nutrition in the future? Well, um, you know, we part of our you know our, our mission to to save kids, to feed kids is really around increasing the the, uh, the ability to get product out there. We're looking at ways that we can implement programs to, domestically that can really help feed that those budgets. And um, so look for things, um, you know, here in the U.S. around maybe some food products that 
that return a portion back into to, uh, the delivery of our UTF. We actually have a um, this concept that was that Mark Moore and, and Troy Hickerson and David Todd came up with a few years ago around this idea of, of calorie of, of calorie offsets. You know, one of the things today in, 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 in America is our problem with is we have a malnutrition problem too, it's, but it's not starvation, it's obesity. Obesity, yeah. And that's a malnutrition just like starvation is. Yeah. And so if we could figure out how to treat obesity and take those excess calories that come out of the successful treatment of, of obesity and, and just turn those calories into calories that go to the people that need it. Yeah. You know, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, so, huge. So we, we you know, we're, we're continuing to and, and uh, have developed these ideas around active for good, which is to say, okay, get healthy, take the benefits of getting healthy, the cost savings of getting healthy, take those cost savings and translate them into dollars that go to, to feed kids who need it. So, so look for those kinds of things coming yeah. from us. Speaking of, how can our listeners get involved with the organization? Well, um, the first way is, of course, go to our website. There's a little button called Donate. And, and as I said, every dollar you, you, uh, you uh, give goes to, to this mission that we have. And um, secondly, if you want to get more involved in, in programs or uh, working with Mark on helping him with identifying uh, you know, potential benefactors and donors, you know, there's, the number is right there on our website. You call it. I'll, I'll tell you a little secret. Um, yeah. About one time out of five, when the general number ring, Mark's, Mark picks it up. Oh, so, my gosh. So, I love that. That's awesome. So our, yeah. Well, we're not, you know, we're really not heavy into landlines. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you know, we're, we're more yeah. texting and, and yeah. stuff. So, yeah. you know, somebody has to pick it up. Right. So. Exactly. Well, that's awesome. I really appreciate you joining us on this episode of the Nutsweet I'm Podcast. I'm so happy I, to be here. I'm going to put that information in the description of this podcast episode so that our listeners can get involved with you. And we just can't wait to see what you guys are up to in the future. Great. Well, I appreciate it, Kendall. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mana has such an inspiring story, and if you'd like to learn even more about what this organization is doing and how to get involved, we've left the link to Mana's website in the description of this podcast episode. Thank you so much to Chris Whitfield for joining us. We also want to thank our sponsors over at Hint and Toad Co., as well as our editors over at Lampstand, and all of you listeners for tuning in. Happy New Year again, and can't wait to chat next time. Bye-bye. You just listened to the NetSuite podcast. Be sure to tune in every week with more NetSuite developments, stories, and insights into the benefits of one integrated system to help you run your business.